What to do, where to eat, and people you should know. This is National Lifestyles, the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to National Lifestyles, the podcast. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Allison Hudak. We have an amazing guest today, someone that I loved talking to for our April issue. But first, I have to thank our sponsor, Soundwaves at Gaylord Opryland. As always, we are grateful to Gaylord Opryland for supporting us from day one. Brian is not joining me today. He is letting me take the reins by myself. So, ha ha ha. Um, but I have a feeling that he may be at Soundwaves right now, floating down the lazy river without me. Uh, if you've listened to the show before, you know our feelings on the nachos and margaritas at Soundwaves. And Brian, I swear to God, if you are having them without me right now, we will have words. Now, let's get into the podcast. I'm so excited to have this person on the show. We are Zooming right now, which you can't see, um, and I'm pretending that I can't see her and uh, that she's in the waiting room. She's in the green room right now. I'm very excited to bring her out. This is a celebrity groomer and stylist responsible for creating the images of some of the hottest men in Hollywood and Nashville. (laughs) And we're going to let her dish on that a little bit, but... And also talk about her podcast and her Instagram and her blog and everything she's going on. Let's talk to Kelly Henderson. Hello, Kelly, and welcome. Hello, Allison. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'm so glad you're here. I feel like I just talked to you two weeks ago for the oh, magazine. Yeah. So. <laughs> We did. And that's why. We just recorded that conversation. It got pretty juicy, I feel. I know. You're welcome that I did not release that yet. <laughs> I should be happy about that. For that's sure. part two. <laughs> that's going... Or Brian and I always joke that we have like natural lifestyles after dark, and that's where we do all of our gossip podcasting. That'll go for... That'll go there. Yeah, we'll do that one there. Yeah. Um, so first of all, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff we talked about in the magazine, talk a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, and kind of how you got interested in celebrity style and how that became your current job. So I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which does not really offer... Uh, celebrity grooming or hair and makeup or anything like that. I do think they're doing a lot more movies down there nowadays, but when I lived there, it was just, it wasn't even talked about. So I knew that I always really gravitated towards fashion. I loved watching red carpets. That was one of my favorite things growing up and fashion magazines. You know, this was like before the days of Instagram and social media. So we did everything through Cosmo or Glamour or Marie Claire, like all of those magazines. But I just got obsessed with it and I um, tried to talk to my parents about it a little bit and they were like, Anna, you're going to school. (laughs) So I ended up staying and I went to LSU and got a PR degree, which has come a little bit in handy now, but it's just always funny when you have a degree in something that is not what you do at all. Right. (laughs) And you're around publicists, so at least you can kind of speak the language. Yeah. And I think now too, that I have Velvet's Edge and marketing in general with, you know, I've I've noticed a difference between the way I've been able to kind of market myself versus some other hair and makeup people I've seen come up at the same time. Like a lot of times they're more talented than me. And it's more about just putting yourself out there in a certain capacity so people know about it. So I'm like, Oh, I did learn something in school. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) And then, hey, how'd you get here from there? So then I, um, when I was in college, I was lucky enough to come up to Nashville and get an internship with a publicist in the music business. And 
Um, she had people like Trace Atkins and Waylon Jennings. I mean, this was back in the day. Actually, Waylon passed away right before I started working with her. So we dealt a lot with like that ordeal. And I just, I really fell in love with the music industry up here and the people, the town. For me, it's perfect because it's still the South. And so there's still that like very chill Southern vibe, but there was a lot more going on in the industry that I wanted to work with. So um, yeah, I did that internship and the rest was history. I just moved up here after I graduated and uh, tried to work in public relations, hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky enough to meet a makeup artist and she trained me and I started working underneath her. And then gosh, I guess 16 years later now, here I am. That's crazy. 16 years. So long. You're basically a Nashville, like a native Nashvilleian if you've been here longer than 10 years. I think it yeah, counts. I was doing um, a fitting yesterday actually with Lane Hardy. He's uh, a newer artist, but he's from Louisiana too. And I was talking to him and his dad and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like bringing me back home. It's so weird because I really feel like Nashville is my home now. So I forget sometimes, yeah. you know, about my Cajun <laughs> roots and all the, the food and the fun things to talk about there. But um, it was so refreshing to see that because I really do feel like Nashville is my home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think once you've established like your career here, that yeah. it becomes such an anchor. Totally. And it's just, it's gone from being such a small town to such a booming town, you know, yeah. but then also I've had friends that I've had for however long I've been here and it's just, we've all kind of gone, gone through the changes of the city together. And so it's been really cool to kind of grow with it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I thought of this after the last time you and I talked. So I know that you, when you came here to make a little money, you were doing some modeling and you <laughs> mentioned that you were in some music videos I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to know, were you ever in a video of someone that you now work with? Like, did you yeah, ever get yeah. full circle? That would be so funny though, but <laughs> no, that actually would be mortified. if I. <laughs> so thank God for that. Um, no, I was in, let's see, like the main ones I were in, like where I was the main girl was, um, Randy Rogers band, one more goodbye. I got to destroy this trailer. I was this like really upset girlfriend. And luckily I had gone through a breakup right before. So I was really able to timing. Um, and then I was in Kelly Pickler's red high heels as one of her friends, which is classic, classic. Um, what else? Craig Morgan, Love Remembers, um, a couple Eric Church videos, but they're very small roles. Those were like, how you won't, if you like blink, you'll miss me. <laughs> so, I mean, I see people, you know, I see Eric Church and I see Kelly Pickler and all this. I see them around now, right. but like, never remember or associate me with that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, I think Nashville is one of those places where people all come up through the ranks. Yeah. And become, I mean, like even some of our like biggest country stars played Broadway and you like, there are people who used to see them like busk and like play on the, like on the sidewalk on Broadway or like, you know, Kelly Pickler having been on a reality show and then coming out of that, like it's amazing sort of people's origin stories and then where they end up and being like, you forget sort of the origin story because you see the like where they are now. Right. I mean, we all have to make your way here. And now it's gotten even so competitive. I mean, you mentioned Broadway and playing like the honky tonk. It's like you walk in any honky tonk at any time of the day and it's 
so much talent. Everything yeah. is so great. Yeah, Dirks used to work at um, TNN in the mailroom. Like <laughs> that was how he got, you know, his connections. Because it is all about who you know here. So yeah. wherever it is that you meet them or however you get connected. I did meet the first director that ever gave me a job as a makeup artist was directing one of the Eric Church videos I was in. And so I kind of told him what I wanted to do. Like you have to just go out there and really put your um, really put yourself out there and meet yeah. people. Definitely how it works here. Yeah. I mean, that's such a big thing too, is to like, you're like you said, like put yourself out there. I mean, it's in, I feel like in some, in some entertainment towns, that's not the way it is. Like there's, you go through certain channels to get to somebody, but here it's literally, you could be at work, you could be at a dinner party, you could be at the mall and be standing next to someone and you like, they're like, Oh, I work in whatever, A&R, I work in, you know, at a label or something. And, and it, if you're in the industry, you're just like, oh, that's so interesting you say that. Here's my resume or here's my, you know, CD or whatever artists have now. I'm old. But like, <laughs> in Nashville, like, you can, here's my cassette. But like, in Nashville, you can do that. And that's how people have success stories. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's also like the people that I respect are the ones who really came up from nothing, you know, like the ones who played the honky tonks or, had to make a buck delivering food or whatever it is that you do to really make yourself or really put yourself in a position to do your craft at some point is so admirable. Cause I mean, I think now we just want instant gratification so fast and we just want Mm -hmm. everything right now. And so if you've come up from nothing and really made your way, I just think it's really respectable. It's so true. I want to talk a little bit sort of about that on the other side of things. So now you are in demand to do grooming and styling. People know who you are. You've like name recognition, you have face recognition thanks to, you know, social media and TV and all that stuff. When, so you work with people on one end, it's like Dirks and Bob and Bobby and Bobby Bones. Like we, this is like top how, and you talked about working with a new artist. How yeah. do you kind of like you decide who to work with at this point in your career and, and kind of make those decisions when so many people are, are wanting to work with you? That's a really good question. Um, I think it's a really good question because it's changed a lot this year with COVID. So that's where there's a whole nother twist to that. But yeah, I haven't really honestly been able to take on any new clients in probably three years because um, Bobby and Dirks were, you know, there, when you're working with like a, an established artist or TV personality or radio DJ, whatever that has so much going on, like you just don't have the time. Like I didn't have the bandwidth, even though I have people who work for me too, you know, they want you. And so at the end of the day, it's like the demand is there and I have to just be there. Um, so I wasn't able to really take on anyone else. So it was hard because it, for me, new, new artists are the most fun just because they're so excited. And it's like, a you know, clear platter, you can do whatever you want and they're so open to stuff. And so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I wasn't able to do that. Well, then COVID happened and nobody's really working, you know, at the same capacity, at least. Um, the last, I would say two or three months in Nashville have kind of just opened up. And so I have found that, you know, more people are doing stuff. And so I kind of just put some feelers out and I was like, look, like my people aren't working as much. I'll, I'll take on some new people. And so 
I've been working with um, a couple people at Warner that are newer, Charlie Wersham and his kid Blake Redfern, who's so fun. Yeah, they're so sweet. And then um, I just took on Lane Hardy and been working with Riley Green. So all of these are new artists. Like that's who I want, you know. I'm I'm taking on anyone new. I want it to be the new people. And it's been so fun. Like it's been really creatively inspiring again. And I just, I don't know, their excitement. I just feed off that energy, you know. And so... That was kind of one of the blessings of COVID and things slowing down a bit, at least for now, is just that I'm able to kind of open up the books again and get excited again about working. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, Dirks and Bobby are established and they kind of have their routines and stuff. But to have somebody who's just coming in and all of this is new and like, they're like, oh, someone's going to style me. Like, somebody's going to make me look good. Like, that's a whole new ball game. <laughs> And they're just like so gracious. You know, they're like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And not that my older guys aren't, but right. it's, we just have a program, you know, right. it's like, oh, what's up? Here you go. Like, <laughs> there's not as much of the like, wow, how cool is this? That we right. get to do this. And it reminds me of why I love what I do. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think in any job, you just get so monotonous that you're like, it, you just kind of get lo- gets lost on you. How cool yeah. That you get to go do a shoot or work on a video or, you know, any of that stuff. Get in tune with Nashville's only upscale resort water experience, Sound Waves. This is where music and water meet, where you can soak up the sounds while you soak up some rays. This is how you can tune in or tune out and immerse yourself in a world of pure indulgence. Chill vibe or thrill ride, surfs up or float on by. This is what you've been dreaming of. This is Soundwaves at Gaylord Opryland. Book today at soundwavesgo.com. Let's talk about Velvet's Edge. (laughs) I think we do have so many. It's so Busiest woman in showbiz. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about Velvet's Edge and kind of how it evolved. Because I feel like it went from blog to like every channel that we could find you on. (laughs) Get rid of me. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it did start as a blog. I think I told you this when we were talking about the magazine interview, Mm -hmm. but, um, I started it with an interior designer in Nashville. Her name is April Tomlin. Uh, gosh, eight years ago. And we were neighbors again. I had just gone through a bad breakup. (laughs) (laughs) Consistency here. A little pattern. Um, and she and I literally shared a wall in the condo building we lived in and we both had gone through breakups. We were so lonesome. It was just like a sad day over there, you know, like drinking too much wine on our couches and ordering in food every night, just like wow, wow kind of thing. And so there was one day we like looked at each other and we're like, we have got to get off the couch. Like this is pathetic. So, um, we had each had two individual blogs and just kind of, I mean, blogs take so much work. So we yeah. kind of just been half-assing it and, um, we just decided to combine and do one together. And so it really started as just like, let's, get off the couch and do something creative to get inspired. And I'll talk about the things that I'm passionate about and hair and makeup and styling. And you talk about interior design. And so we did and it grew and then life also happened and she got married and started having kids. And so she had to take a step back. And so at that point I thought about taking a step back too, but it had grown so much already that I felt like it was just like my baby, you know, it's so hard to walk away from stuff like that. So I just kept it going. And now it's like 
really evolved into something completely different. And um, sometimes I'm still like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, it's been really fun and it's opened up all new jobs and things that I love to do like podcasting and interviewing people that I would have never tried if I hadn't tried this. So it's been really fun. It's been really cool. And I know you had, you were selling vintage from from the site. Are you still, are you still doing it? I am. I mean, I think if I'm being completely honest, the last year, just with everything, I sort of took a break because I just, it's so hard to try to sell people clothes when they're like, yeah, cool. But uh, we're in sweatpants every day. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Don't care about your fashion, your styling and your overpriced tees. With kind of the feedback (laughs) I got that I, so I kind of just like hit, took a time to reset. And I think as things are picking up again, I'm starting to be more inspired to really get back to it and kind of find the next direction even for Velvet's Edge. So I'm working on some cool stuff that I'm really excited about. But um, I do still sell vintage teas. I haven't been able to get to my warehouses where I source them from. And so that's kind of an issue. But hopefully that will open up again soon and we'll get some updates up for everybody. Yeah. I love that. I love that part of it. I'm going to keep an eye on it because once I get out of this house, it's game yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all I wear. You know, we talked about it. That's what I'm wearing right now. And yeah. the last time I talked to you, it's just, <laughs> it's all I ever live in. And so every time people are like, oh my gosh, why is it so expensive? I'm like, well, first of all, it's one of a kind from right. 60, whatever. And uh, you will wear it so much that it's so worth it. We talked a little bit about some of like bigger moments in your career, kind of. Yeah. Big gets. But I want to know, did you ever have any missteps where you like wish you had done something differently? Uh, I have a couple. (laughs) A lot of you guys saw uh, that one of the moments on national television. If I could go back, I would do a lot of those things differently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that so that'd be maybe top of the list. Maybe number one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. You know, I think at the beginning of my career, I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So it, there's always moments where you're on set. I mean, I remember going to set one of my very first shoots and completely forgot my brushes, like my makeup brushes. And you can't act like you don't... <laughs> fit together, you know? So I just did everything by hand and I was like, it's a new technique. I'm using. <laughs> you, know, you just wing it. You're like, this is, you figure it out. So yep. I think I learned that very early on is like, no problem is unsolvable. You just got to wing it sometimes and figure it out. So I've sort of operated that way. I'm sure there's plenty more of missteps that I've made, but I usually try to navigate through them and I don't know everything. I mean, I try not to have regrets. It's just like everything in your life leads you to the next step. So even the TV stuff, it's like, yeah, do I wish stuff had gone differently? Absolutely. But I'm sure I'm going to look back and be like, there were so many lessons in that. And it opened up maybe some new doors that I wouldn't have had otherwise or whatever. Although those have yet to be determined for me. (laughs) Still still waiting for the doors. (laughs) I mean, drama aside, in terms of being on TV, did you learn anything like watching yourself back, like, or anything you did realize about yourself? You know, it's so interesting. Is like the first season watching that back, I was like, wow, I really held myself back. Like, I was so Hmm. 
that was more the thing that I, I think I was so um, cautious and maybe just like, oh gosh, I've never done this. And this feels weird. I'm usually behind the camera. Like this is just odd. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I really found myself, I didn't feel like I was showing my personality at all. There's some blogger here who's kind of an asshole, but she was like, yeah, Kelly's like the most boring person on reality TV. <laughs> What do you think? Um, yeah, but I mean, it kind of was into some capacity, especially if you're watching reality TV for drama, right? Like, I'm right. not that you were playing the game. There was no game at that point, though. I feel there like was no game. There was no game. Very basic show at that point. But then, even by second season, you know, I'm not going to get involved in the drama, but right. I try to just open myself up more and be more honest about my story or who I was, my personality a little bit. I mean, I still don't know that I fully found my stride. I was actually just feeling like I was starting to <laughs> before season three. And then, then bam. <laughs> That's just changed. So um, yeah, I, I think just watching back, the thing that I've tried to take away would be just to really try to get comfortable with who I am. Because I think I was so... Like, I don't know, you know, and I don't know how to be and trying to make everyone else happy versus just being myself. And then before I let you go, we have to, this is the the inside to actor studio type of question, but like, what's the, what's the dream for you? Like, what's the sort of end goal just for your, like for Kelly Henderson's life? (laughs) I have it all figured out. I was like, I wish that I had some really (laughs) prolific answer. Um, I, you know, I think COVID and actually it was a combination of things for me where it was like, I had all this drama on the reality TV show, that part of my world sort of fell apart and then COVID hit. Right. So then like my typical job of traveling with musicians and touring (laughs) and all this stuff, kind of went away too. And so I had so much time to just sit and reflect and ask myself this exact question. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, because I think so often we just get going and going and going and we're going through the motions and maybe our job is cool and fun, but like, is it actually satisfying you? And so I've thought a lot about that. And, you know, with my podcast, I get to do a lot of interviews where I'm really digging deeper into why people do what they do, why we're wired, how we are, how we heal from old trauma. Like I'm fascinated with this aspect of humans. And so I really am starting to take the direction of, okay, hey, everyone has a little velvet, which I consider that the velvet, the inside stuff and the inner beauty and working on that. And everybody has a little edge, whether that's like the racy sides of us, the sides of us that like to go to Whiskey Row and dance and have tequila shots. (laughs) Or just the sides that are like, hey, like let's focus on vintage tees and what cool outfit we're going to put together. So I think it's just both. And I think yeah. we all have both. And so I really want to try to meet those worlds because that is, that's me. I mean, I love to do the external beauty stuff. And you know, my job is fashion and hair and makeup. But like, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't give the credit to all the inner work that I do and the meditating and the, you know, the inside beauty that I really think is important to all humans. So I'm working on a little bit, just like kind of navigating that, the velvet and the edge and um, hopefully expanding the shop aspect of velvetsedge.com, which is really exciting to me. That's what I've always wanted to do and keeping the podcast growing and just having fun with that because I love it. So that's a great answer. Oh. That was 
Really? Fun. <laughs> You've got a career in this podcast thing. <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah, really. doing. <laughs> well, Kelly, thank you for being on the show. You're thank amazing. You um, and everyone pick up the April issue so that they can read even more about you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And I will talk to everyone next week when I'm back with Brian, unless I keep him out of the recording studio again. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at Nashville Lifestyles on everything. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nashville Lifestyles.